We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night at 6.02 p.m. Mountain Time on halfway through November. I can't believe it. November 15th, 2022 in the season. Maybe mercifully, it's halfway over, but we're still here. Uh, we're still bringing you the content. Carl, welcome in, buddy. It's good to see you on this fine Tuesday night for Building the Broncos. Yeah, man. Always always good to have the Tuesdays. I wish... Wish it was under better, better circumstances. You know, yeah. the, the hits keep coming for this team, not only losing games, but losing players. I, I'm not sure I remember a time that we've lost this many players for the Broncos at this point in the season. So it, it just, it's been an unfortunate year for us, but yeah. doesn't mean that we don't have still some good things to talk about. And, you know, as we're, we're the eternal optimists that always looking for the future and well, I am. Okay. Yeah. I should say that. <laughs> and yeah, we, we can always find good even m- amongst all the, the bad that's been happening. So appreciate you all joining us this evening and getting a little chance to talk some Bronco football. Yeah. And Carl and I first started doing these building the Broncos podcasts, uh, the end of 2016, it would have been like December, 2016 heading into the 2017 draft. And that's when the Broncos, uh, drafted Garrett Bowles, uh, that draft, we were de- definitely on the, uh, the tackle train for that draft. But, uh, yeah, man, we have not seen a good Broncos team uh, since we've started doing this. We thought maybe this year it would happen, but uh, alas, uh, sitting here at three and six with another uh, very disheartening loss and a historically terrible Broncos offense. So Scott and I have had a chance two mornings now to kind of wax poetic on just just the painful uh, watch looking, uh, you know, dead on arrival uh, Broncos offense so far, but let's get your take on this. Uh, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts? You know, nine games into the season, the Broncos last place in the NFL, Denver on pace to have their worst offense in franchise history dating back to 1961. I mean, how did this happen? How are we here? Well, I mean, obviously it's not just one thing. No, there's been a lot of things that played into us. I and mean, we're going to talk about some injuries here in just a little bit. And you look at the offensive line and yeah, Jamie's saying every time they would go to Tyree, it was 99% of the time, a disappointing result. Uh, yeah. He was one of the players that was cut today. And and you're right. I mean, he had the play where he fell down, could have picked up the first down if he was up. I mean, the play was going to be open and mm-hmm. I, I don't fully put that on him because the field was horrible. Everybody was falling down, 
but it just seems like he does that a lot or yeah. hits him in the hands and drops it, you know? So just offensively, he's been horrific special teams. He hasn't had anything to the table with that, but, but yeah, offensively, like I said, it, you got all these injuries. I don't know where we were on third string center, third string left tackle and right tackle. Right. As at one point, uh, the guards, thankfully we've got both starters back at this point, but Miners missed a few games. So just that whole unit's been gone. Wide receiver wise, Jerry Judy goes down. KJ Hamler's missed time. Obviously, Tim Patrick. That's, I still think that was one of the biggest blows of the entire season for the Broncos. Losing you haven't him. even mentioned Javonta Williams. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's another one. And, I mean, it's just, it's hard to go through the entire list because it's just so long at this point. Mm. And, you know, Russell Wilson's banged up on top of that. And then you just see the disconnect between what they're trying to do on the field. Like nobody seems to know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Guys are playing slow. They're, they're just, like I said, just looks like they don't know what they're doing half the time. Yeah. Like, are they supposed to be running this route? Jerry Judy, there's been a lot of times where it's, you know, Russell Wilson's thrown to a spot and Jerry Judy's nowhere near that spot. Yeah. Is that Russell Wilson's fault or is that Jerry Judy's fault? I, I can't tell you either way at this point, but it does seem like it happens most consistently when going to Jerry Judy. And yeah. then on top of that, I think you're seeing Russell Wilson trying to run an offense that maybe, maybe he shouldn't be trying to, you know, I, I think he wants to be recognized as one of those quarterbacks. that's like a Tom Brady that can sit there and just pick a team apart. And that's just not, it's not his game. You know, it's part of why he wanted, he wanted to get away. So let Russ cook or whatever the, <laughs> all the different sayings that we've got with Russell Wilson at this point. And sometimes you just got to figure out, okay, this is what I am good at. Let's do that. You know, Peyton Manning's not going to go out there and run the the option offense or, you know, because he knows he can't go out there and run. So he just, he's got to get out of his own way, get that pride tuned down, get a little bit of humbleness right there and just say, okay, you know what, maybe what we were doing in Seattle of running the football a lot, a lot of play action, getting me on the move, those kind of things. Maybe, maybe that is my offense and that's what I got to be willing to do. Maybe I only throw for 200 yards a game but we still win a lot of games. Yeah. And it just, like I said, there's been just so much disconnect there. Uh, you see the coaching staff way in over their heads. Mm-hmm. And, and we worried about this before the season started. When you hire all these guys that are first time people at their position and you got a lot of guys who are our buddies, you know, Hey, we grew up as coaches together. We're all buddy, buddy. And, and the coaching circle is small. So I'm not trying to say you're not going to hire at least people that, you know, but usually you like to mix a first time head coach with a lot of veterans around them to kind of help out. He didn't yeah. do that. And so that, that's on Hackett coaching staff was, was his hire. Uh, I mean, okay. George Payton to start with, with hiring Hackett and then Hackett was making a lot of these bad decisions on the coaching staff. So uh, like I said, the, the list is really long of what has happened this season and why we're sitting here at three and six, instead of, you know, I saw the stat if the Broncos averaged 18 points a game. Eight and one right now. That is just crazy. Yeah, it's it's hard to even comprehend how bad it is. And, you know, we can injuries, offensive system, talent, you know, guys that we thought would be difference makers probably being overrated and just all falling apart. Uh, Broncos country better hope that the biggest issue right now is the coaching staff and the offensive scheme because you're stuck with, you can change, obviously improve the offensive line, hopefully better health luck next year. So I feel like we say that every year, the Broncos have had 
on the wrong end of the bell curve as far as injury luck. And this year it's even gone off further off the rails. We're entering 49ers, Baltimore Ravens, Los Angeles Charger territory uh, with this team this season, unfortunately, in terms of the uh, volume and significance of the injuries. But you better hope, damn well hope it's the coaching staff because if it's Russell Wilson, there's not an end in sight for a little bit. Um, so we'll find out. Uh, yeah. Talk about the injuries here. Got Gordon coming in. Who cares about Turner? Was a terrible signing. He, I think he was the Broncos' fourth highest graded player in this game uh, before the injury, not letting a lot of pressure. I think Russell Wilson only took one sack in the first half, and then after Turner went down, he took five sacks mm-hmm. after Turner went down, and I think a couple more before Glasgow went down, and then three more after that. But offensive line really fell apart uh, when those two guys went out there. I thought Turner was playing about what you paid for, which was mm-hmm. okay. Uh, it's unfortunate. I was hoping to see Turner out there with Cam Fleming at left tackle this upcoming week. Cam Fleming, according to Pro Football Focus, is the 21st highest graded tackle in football so far this season. Nothing to write home about, but it's not, you know, backup level uh, talent. He'd been okay out there, but unfortunate. It's where we are. Uh, Diamond Rattler saying, boom, let's go. Coffee time. Uh, we got uh, we Big Phoenix coming in saying, can we please just get a body that will block? Got bad news for you, Big Phoenix. Uh, The only reinforcements you are getting as far as a body that can block are coming from inside the house at this point, Uh, luckily. So I guess that'll lead us off to our big news uh, here today. The And my heat is not on. I turned it off for sure, Scott. I don't know what you're hearing, but um, that's not me. I think that's Carl. (laughs) I I think mine's off too. Well, hmm, I do hear something. It's not coming for me. I don't know. Um, but uh, I digress. Uh, the big news today uh, for the Broncos, uh, Billy Turner going on the IR after suffering a knee injury, uh, going and uh, suffered that with being rolled up on, I believe, by Quinn Miners in a play. He's going to be on the IR for four weeks. Uh, pretty pretty big bummer uh, to lose Billy Turner, considering he was playing a solid level uh, in the Broncos right now. You just... Is Billy Turner a great right tackle? No. A lot of people wanted the Broncos to pay Lael Collins. Lael Collins has not been great for the uh, Bengals at like six times the price of Billy Turner. But uh, now you're really dealing with, you know, tossing your hands up in the air at the tackle position because you mentioned earlier you're down to your third string right tackle. Carl, no. It's your fourth string right tackle. You have moved on. Billy Turner, your starter to start the year. Cam Fleming, number two. Tom Compton, uh, we haven't heard from yet. And now uh, you're down down to Quinn Bailey. So I mean, heck, they even tried Calvin Anderson at right tackle in the uh, free agent or in a uh, preseason. Maybe you're down to your fifth string uh, right tackle right now. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Credit to Quinn Miner, kind of down the back half. I mean, nobody he shouldn't be in that position because you know it's an unfortunate circumstance. But uh, you know, the, what can you even do? It's it sucks for Billy Turner because the Broncos offense can use all the borderline competent talents they can uh, they can have right now and you just you don't have them we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating to obviously see how this offensive line that we thought could be very promising this year. You know, there, there's a lot of people out there that thought kind of Broncos could be maybe a top 10 top 12 unit with mm-hmm. that group. And obviously that's not been the case by any means. And part of that is because of the injuries, but we got Garth Knight coming in saying, gentlemen, I hear the Broncos strength of schedule for the last eight games is in the bottom half of the league. Tell me this is important. Nick and Carl. It would have been important if the Broncos took care of business to start the season, but sitting there at three and six, I believe they have a playoff percent of our chance of making the playoffs at 3% playoffs, three and six. You kidding me? Um, Probably not happening this year, but uh, maybe they can string some things together, give the Seahawks a worse pick uh, and, uh, you know, really start to build some momentum for next year, figure out what the offensive identity and what works for this offense, because it is uh, ugly right now. They, the only thing this offense can live on right now is the deep pass. And it's not even a high volume of deep pass. It's more of like, Oh, we got a single high look. We're going to bombs away. And uh, you hit some of them. Sometimes you throw it to the other team and they drop the interception (laughs) multiple times. But uh, they need to figure out how they can move the football consistently, uh, clean up the penalties, and just offer a more competent offense. I just don't know if they have the I – th- I think if it does happen, it's it's a double-edged sword. If it does happen, it's probably the quick pass game. Multiple issues with that, though. A, the offensive line is horrible. Do you want to subject Russell Wilson to a higher volume of hits? B, the uh, Russell Wilson's never been good at the quick pass game. When he was at his best in Seattle, it was playing off of a great defense with Marshawn Lynch and then having teams, forcing teams into single high looks and then bombs away on the boundary. That's the Broncos right now don't have the personnel to force teams into single high looks. The run game is terrible. Quick pass game is bad. Pass blocking is not good. Run blocking is not good. You don't have great running backs. So I really just backed up into a corner right now. I think your best case uh, for this team down the stretch here is that bringing back uh, Cam Fleming, uh, Tom Compton coming into the unit and the offensive line, improving so much, killing uh, the penalties and leaning into a average running game. I think that's, I think that's your best chance, which is horrible. Uh, you don't really, it's not great, um, but I, I really think that's about what all you can do. Yeah, it, it's the unfortunate truth right now. And, and uh, Garth, this is, like I said, it's, it's a great question there of just the Broncos, if they were going to do something this year, they had to start out strong. And unfortunately, that's just not been the case. They've, like I said, they haven't taken care of business. They've been in every one of these games, mm-hmm. but when you aren't winning, when you're not winning them, it doesn't matter. You know, close only counts in what horseshoes and hand grenades or whatever how that saying goes. Yeah. Um, so we got Phil coming in saying, "Evening, Nick, Carl, and Deacon Scott. There are many problems with this offense. I am lost for words." Hashtag Go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I, I don't. I don't even know how to describe it, really. Like you go get a quarterback, you spend all this money, spend all those draft picks, and Russell Wilson has been great most of his career, top ten quarterback. And all of a sudden, he comes here and he looks like, honestly, like Drew Lock last year, <laughs> and, and the year before that. And so you're kind of going, how in the world does do we go from that what it should what it should have been to to this? I don't think he's completely fallen off a cliff by any means. I don't think he's as good as he was, you know, four or five years ago by just athletically or anything like that, but it's still 
should not be where it is. And the Broncos have playmakers, or well, before injuries. And you're still not seeing it work. Like I said, those penalties coming in, you see that disconnect there. of Just anything you even get going. Like this last game, they had some drives going, and then all of a sudden, boom, false start. And this offense isn't good enough to overcome even a five-yard penalty. Yeah, it's really frustrating, no doubt. Thank you, Phil, Phil, for coming in for the support and also the angry react. If you guys are joining us on Facebook today, drop us any sort of react. We got a crying react here from Tammy Nugent, probably for all the injury news, and Phil angry. I'm angry too, Phil, but I'm um, still enjoying hanging out with you guys. Kevin Gray's in the house saying, what's up, Broncos country, Nick and Carl. I uh, just want to hear what you guys have to say. And the country, Denver Broncos for life. Uh, we got the Lord of Liberty coming in here saying, because of all the injuries to the offensive line, some have suggested the Broncos should sit Russ for the remainder of the season. I think there's an argument to sit Russ once you are truly out of playoff contention during the last like month of the season. Uh, if the offensive line is still this terrible and the coaching staff is for sure fired and you're looking just to protect him. But right now I think you need the reps. I think you need to figure out and build some, build something right now. You can't, I don't think you can put the kibosh on it yet uh, with what do we have still eight games to go, nine games to go, no, eight or seven games to go. Right. Uh, so I mean, at some point, if like let's say he suffers another hamstring injury or things are not healing right, and you're sitting there at four and nine, four and ten, then like we might have to have that conversation, which is unfortunate right. because you're sending probably a pretty damn good pick uh, to the, uh, the Seahawks in that situation. Not just the first round, but the second round, but probably got to protect the long term health then in that case. But we're I think we're probably a month away from that conversation still. Um, what do you think about that, Carl? I- I'm with you. You don't want to completely tank the season at this point. Uh, I mean, if they still have that first and second round pick, I might be a little more inclined to kind of go some direction a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have those picks, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And and like I said, you, you got to build something at this point. You, you got to get at least a little bit of hope moving forward. And if you bench him, then the rest of the roster is like, well, okay, we're done. You know, yeah. and what does it say to those players that maybe are up for a contract? Okay, well, this team quits. Why do I want to stay here? If they're not offering me top money, I'm going somewhere else. And yeah. and so, like I said, it just it sends a really really bad message to the entire organization if you yeah. if you do it before you have to. Yeah, hundred percent. Mike guess saying, "What's up, Broncos country?" And we got uh, Alessandro coming in saying, "Billy who? Billy Turner, the next Juwan James? Juwan James signed a massive contract. Billy Turner's contract was always really short term." Uh, probably because of the injury there. So it's, you're talking about a totally different type of investment. Uh, The Juwan ones hurts way more given the massive money that they paid where Billy Turner was, you know, one year contract uh, for cheap. Um, William Catalano coming, Catalano coming in, you're saying it's sort of the problem here, talking about the investment, uh, bringing in people who are injury prone, who is signing off on these players and the strength and conditioning is terrible and has been strengthening conditioning coach. I'm not an expert there, but at some point proofs in the pudding, you got to, maybe shake something up. Uh, the Broncos fortunately now have a very wealthy uh, ownership group. So hopefully they're going to invest. Everybody has to deal with the salary cap, right? The uh, parameters of that and Broncos might have to face that a bit. If Russell Wilson keeps playing this poorly, but you can spend and win out, outperform people in the margins. One of those areas is probably paying the, the best strength and conditioning coach and program and nutrition that money can possibly buy. Uh, so hopefully the Broncos can shake something up there because it's it's ridiculous at this point. It's not all the uh, strength and conditioning people's fault, you know, Lauren Landau and whatnot, but 
think something does have to shake up. And also part of the, uh, the right tackle conversation here, we're back at right tackle so far. I would say right tackle has not been the biggest issue on this Broncos offense until probably this last game when Quinn was in for a bit, but right. uh, the interior offensive line has been much more of an issue to me. I think you've been okay at right tackle. And at the same time, I mean, if, can somebody point to me a realistic solution at right tackle that would have been better? Uh, Lael Collins was pretty much always going to LSU. I think there's something with his agents uh, tie with the Bengals. They paid him big money to do that. They had Chukwuma Korafor signed a big money for the Steelers, who's just been an okay uh, right tackle. And that Steelers offense is not good. And they paid him big money. Uh, and then you have, I mean, you can point out Abraham Lucas, and I'd agree with you on that one. But other than that, it's a it's an issue of the what's actually available there for the right tackle market uh, and what you can do there. I think given what the Broncos spent at Cam Fleming and Billy Turner and Tom Compton, obviously the Tom Compton one does not look great right now but you had had limited options and limited resources to get it right. So it's just, it's unfortunate. They probably need to go out there and make a premium investment in the draft. Uh, if at all possible to fortify the tackle position, but specifically the right tackle, there's just not, there's a massive drop off after the first like six guys. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Let's say Compton and, and Fleming are both back healthy this week. Who's your starting five for your offensive line? Do we have, okay. So I, I looked it up. I didn't see anything about this, but I did not research this one that hard. Cause there was enough other information. Glasgow is Glasgow out. He's not on the IR. Let's, let's, let's say he's healthy. Over. Let's say he's healthy. Yes. Well, first off, thank you. Um, <laughs> Cause man, they, uh, Wattenberg looks rough yeah. uh, in that game. So that makes a big difference. I think the lineup's pretty easy there uh, for me in that case. Uh, for this upcoming game, it would be Cam Fleming at left tackle. Uh, left guard would be Dalton Reisner. Uh, center would be Graham Glasgow. Right guard would be Quinn Miners. And then right tackle would be Tom Compton. And I think you lean harder into the run game uh, for this one. I know that Tom Compton, not the best uh, pass protector out there, but I mean, Rashawn Gary last year in the NFC Championship game made him look silly a few times, but he's a great run blocker. And I think you really do have to lean into that with this team, even though you are rushing talent personnel is not great right now. Okay. I, I would mix it up. Okay. So I would bench Dalton Reisner. Okay. I I'm, he's been so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, especially in pass protection, that guy's just getting beaten back every time. And, and it's not that he's getting pushback. It's actually just guys are running right by him. Yeah. And, and I'm tired of also just seeing him like on certain plays where things don't go well, where he, he does the whole, like, look at everybody else. Like you messed up. You're supposed to help me, you know, like something like that. Yeah. I was thinking Chris Harris jr. Always did that. Like yeah. if he got beat over the top, it was safeties. Where were you? And maybe they were supposed to be there, but it just, it always bothered me that Chris Harris would do that. Yeah. I, and same with Dalton Reisner. So I, I'd maybe go ahead and put Compton there. And then you got some big boys in the middle. Let's just, let's just run it up the gut and just see yeah. what happens. I think there's so much change that's happening with the offensive line already that Reisner's Reisner and Miners the only constants. So I'd probably that's something I'm thinking about the last part of the season, especially yeah. with Reisner uh, set to hit free agency. But uh, is what it is. Lawrence body shaming Lawrence is, is it just me or is Hackett getting chunkier? He's putting on that winter weight. It's bulking season, baby. <laughs> He's probably in there grinding the tape and uh, eating a lot of junk food. I mean, I'd be stress eating too if I was him. It's a uh, Watching that game would definitely slow down my metabolism. Uh, watching that Broncos offensive output. Naj, though, uh, getting me hot in here. $20 coming in, flashing orange, saying, Hey, brothers, 
Uh, did George Payton play in a role in the assistant coaches? Why did he get rid of Munchak and the running back coach when they did so well last year? The drop-off with Wilson is unreal. But what about Sutton, the offensive line? Is that on coaching? Sutton was not great last year. Uh, still coming off the injury. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with Sutton right now. I feel like a lot of the toss-ups that they're giving him right now are not always in the same area code also, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, the reality is Sutton is not a top 10 receiver. He's probably in that 15 to 30 range, uh, which is fine, but not a, you know, maybe, let's go 15 to 35. Uh, just because there's some <laughs> young ones coming. I mean, he has some good plays, yeah. and the offense is horrible right now. So give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on that. But uh, as far as the coaching staff goes, my understanding that Munchak was not interested in implementing and teaching an outside zone run scheme. He's been far more gap and inside zone in his career. So that was not a great fit uh, with uh, Hackett. And I'm not sure about the running backs coach. I think it was Curtis Modkins uh, moving on. I mean, when a new coach comes in, most of the time you're giving them rain to pick their own staff. Uh, yeah. So I think that's probably a safe assumption here. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I'm really nervous about the next coaching staff. You might lose Evero. And that guy has been incredible for the Broncos this year of just, I mean, even, even this last game, how many players were they down at the edge position and they were still getting position, getting some pressure mm -hmm. and obviously held the Titans pretty darn well there. Uh, and I mean, Derek Henry had maybe one of his worst games of his career. Yeah. You could say this last week. Josie Drew. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> had a great game. Yeah. But it just, and it's sad that that's what gets overshadowed. Yeah. The defense had that, and here we are talking about the offense and how horrible they are instead of looking at the good of what this team has been this year. They suck that much, though. There's nothing yeah. else you can possibly talk about. It's it's yeah. unfair. I agree with you, but it'd be a disservice almost to the fan base to not hound on the offensive line. It almost seems like, you know, putting a cherry on top of my dog's you-know-what in the backyard, talking about, oh, man, you know, unless it's Josie Jewel, then we can hype it up because, you know, linebackers don't matter unless they come from Iowa. But uh, first, Phil, always mattering, coming and saying, let's be optimistic. We go 11 and 6, win the West. I don't think 11 and 6 gets you the West, but I digress. Uh, get a bye and go to the Super Bowl. Ha. Did you hear that beep noise? I think it was Phil turning off his Xbox. Uh, <laughs> man, Phil, I, I love it. Uh, thank you so much for the support. Got a razzy a little bit. You're not playing for the playoffs at this point. Let's just assume you're 0 and 0. Try to win the next game. Uh, you just got to get better right now and figure out how you're going to win this football game with Wilson. Try to stay healthy too. I mean, God. Yeah. And also let's, you know, this is a, we, Carl and I were going to have a topic today about, you know, the individual players to watch going forward, young players, you know, kind of thinking about the long-term uh, building blocks on this team. Too much news came out today. We might get that at the end, although I don't think we'll have time, but that's another thing too. You know, young players, there's a lot of young talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball um, that you should be excited about uh, going forward, that it's going to be here for the next two to three years. So um, I wanted to say hello to Paul uh, injuries are so bad. I hope Nick, Carl and Scott don't get hurt covering the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos <laughs> are going to hurt my eyeballs here pretty soon. They've already hurt my heart. Uh, but no, thank you so much, Paul. We appreciate you. Jamie coming in saying good evening, gentlemen. It's still Raiders week. Absolutely. Got to beat Vegas. Oh, man, I hate Vegas. Um, James Webb saying, man, the viewers have dropped off like crazy. Broncos messing with MHH platform. Well, James, as long as you keep showing up and some of you other guys keep showing up, that's okay with me. Um, yep. The real ones are here, and I get it, man. The Broncos are rough right now. How many times do you want to come into an episode and be like, yeah, the Broncos offense still sucks. Uh, hopefully, we uh, for you, of, you guys still in here, we're making it fun and fresh and uh, offering different angles and whatnot. And we got a whole offseason of hopium uh, coming back around the corner here pretty soon. But again, zero and zero right now. Season starts now. 
as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Dom coming in here saying good evening. Good to see you, Dom. Also, he says go dogs. Uh, I'm curious to see how uh, Georgia does in the uh, SEC championship game coming up here before too long. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Big Ten guy, so I'll be pulling against you uh, when it comes to the playoffs, pulling for Ohio State and or Michigan, but uh, we'll see. Savage Boy Kev coming in saying it was a matter of time that they cut Tyree, Tyree Cleveland. Um, he's done absolutely nothing with the time here and took a foster spot from took a roster spot from Trinity Benson. Trinity Benson doesn't offer the special teams tackling ability that Tyree does, but this to me, okay. So Carl Tyree Cleveland's gone. We talked about it in the offseason building it. We kept getting uh word from people connected to the team that don't sleep on Tyree Cleveland making the 53 special teams value, blah, blah, blah. Former seventh round pick. I think he was like the number two recruit in the country when he went to Florida too. So like always had athleticism and talent. Um, so now that Tyree, what, what do you make of Tyree Cleveland being gone? I mean, like I said, what, what has he brought to this team? He's been injured a lot. <laughs> Special teams. He's made a couple okay plays, but it's not something that I'm going. We have to keep this guy. He wasn't doing you know, where he's the captain of special teams and you're just like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this guy love him to death. And like I said, when he's been on offense and he's having to take a few more snaps lately because of all the injuries, he's offered zero for the offense. And so it just, mm-hmm. it makes sense that he's gone. You got to have a little bit more uh, from that, that roster position. And I, I think we talked about it when the roster was announced, like, I mean, we, we thought that Tyree Cleveland would make it, but I was really ticked that he made it over Seth Williams. And obviously we saw Seth Williams was like, I'm not going to stay on this practice squad. You know, I, I should have made this roster because talent wise, at least what he brought to the offense was so yeah. much more than what Tyree Cleveland's ever shown. And, yeah. and I know that's, that's back into the roster, all those kind of things, but I'm looking at it now with all the injuries at wide receiver and I'm going, you know, Seth Williams, that big body guy might be making at least a couple plays for you. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just a Seth Williams truther there. I, I, I love that guy. So um, but that's just me. And we got Ross coming in saying, definitely a Broncos fan this week. Hope you guys and my Chargers pull off wins, brothers and injuries. Always support good AFC West content. Hey, Ross, I, I appreciate you tuning in, even yeah, being a Chargers you. fan. You know, at least you're, you're my the, the Chargers are my least not favorite team in the AFC West. Did it's I really hard right? to hate Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And my, well, and, my least know, hated team. Right. And I live. In Kansas or Kansas City country, you know, I'm surrounded by Chiefs fans. Chiefs Kingdom. Chiefs Kingdom. There you go. Who cares? Oh my gosh. And Raiders fans are the worst. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, Chargers fans, you guys, you guys are okay. Yeah, it's hard to hate Justin Herbert. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, "I'm getting chunkier too. It's all love." Yeah, winter. You know, it's bulking season, baby. I'm off off the hikes right now, Carl. I actually, I think I maybe I posted it in the group. Do you know how many miles I hiked this year? Did you see that? I think, did you say 312? 300, exactly. 312 miles, which is, no, yeah, 312, which is longer than the state of Iowa, east to west. So, hell yeah. <laughs> Walking that uh, Broncos pain off. Uh, RD coming at the Canadian $10 saying, odds Hackett's adjust his offense to deal with the offensive line. I mean, how can you adjust the offense to deal with no offensive line? The only way to do that is if you have a dominant, quick game quarterback who can identify the matchups pre-snap and get it out quickly and spread the offense out. That's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson might be the most offensive line run game dependent quarterback of the veteran quarterbacks in the entire NFL, given his play style right now. So I don't think, I don't think you can. Um, 
I really don't. Um, continuing already. Thank you for the super chat. He says, uh, uh, in the first play, Russ is in shotgun, dropping back to pass the ball to Sutton 20 yards down the field and double coverage. I think I'm done. Well, RD, it's uh, frustrating right now. You know what? We'll call it a, if anybody does leave right now, cause the Broncos are bad. I won't fault you for it. I'm not going to revoke your fan card. I hate the people who are like, Oh, you're not a true fan. Shut the hell up. People can fan how they want. Yeah. Um, we'll call it a sabbatical. If you're rough right now, think you're done right now. We'll, we'll see you again, uh, this off season and next year. I, I don't, I don't blame you. That's rough right now. Yeah, it's I mean, and this is in any industry out there. If you're putting out a bad product, why would you keep coming back to it? Yeah. You know, if Apple starts making really horrible phones, you know, eventually some people somebody's going to come in and and take over. Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of remember when Microsoft started putting out really crappy computers and all of a sudden Apple comes in with, you know, all of their their MacBook and all those kind of things. And everybody's like, this is so much better. And, and now. Yeah they made Microsoft have to improve their product and do mm-hmm. something better. And, and now they've kind of fought back the other way. So it just, it's kind of that ebb and flow. And, and so, yeah, I agree. It, I, I don't blame you for, for struggling to want to watch this. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be able to watch these games with my kids, but it's kind of hard when they're just like, dad, are they going to do something? And I'm kind I of hope going, they're young enough that they don't remember. Right. That's yeah. what we're pulling <laughs> for right now. Um, Dylan coming in here saying, Sup Broncos country, make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. He also says, A tattoo appointment made me a little late. That's all good. Um, Robert coming in on Facebook saying, Too many injuries. Is that the fault of the conditioning staff? I know San Diego is going, and slash LA, uh, is going through many injuries on the defensive front. I think some of it is drafting and signing guys who are injured, like Billy Turner and Tom Compton, Randy Gregory, all three of those guys, extensive injury history. Guess what? We're here now with injuries. Uh, Jerry Judy, a lot of concerns about his ankles and his frame uh, when he was drafted. He's spent a third of his career uh, on the injury list. KJ Hamler, you're drafting him. Well, you're probably going to be out most of his rookie season because of the hamstring issues. Here we are again. So part of it's probably that, um, but also football is a violent game. It's why depth is so important. At some point, though, you know, it's just you toss your hands up and curse the football gods. Uh, Desert Creature talking about the... Uh, Injuries saying strength and conditioning coaches need to visit other teams uh, that do not have as many injuries and see what they do differently. I would hope that the Bron- like I said earlier, the Broncos have almost more, more resources right now than any other team. As far as the uh, finances, thanks to the ownership group for now until Washington, the Washington sale happens. And uh, they're the uh, Amazon's presents to you, the Washington commanders by Bezos or something like that. But um, I think the Broncos are going to spend big money uh, within the Mart or, to win within the margins here. And I think that could be strength and conditioning is a big part of it. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy. Cause I know when Lauren Landau was hired, like that was like, everybody was excited about that hire of uh, look mm-hmm. at how many NFL players spend their off season working with this guy. Uh, you know, all yeah. these other sports, look at all these, these players that want to come work with them, Olympic athletes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, guys training for the, um, for the draft and, and everything, but it just, Obviously, it hasn't worked to, to transfer to the field, and yeah. that's always what matters most. So, yeah, Broncos hopefully are going to be looking somewhere else for next year. And we got Miller707 coming in saying, what's up, Broncos fam? I hope all is well. Broncos for life. With all the ups comes a bunch of downs, but we will get through this. Go Broncos. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember that time between John Elway retiring and obviously then getting Peyton Manning. You know, I mean, we had a few good years in there, like 2005 Broncos made the AFC championship, but for the most part, it was a lot of, a lot of downtime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just, 
it's the reality of the NFL. If you don't have that franchise quarterback that is young and perfectly in place, it, it's kind of hard to stay that consistent winning team. And yeah. so I'm, I hope the Broncos get the next coaching hire right. I hope they can get something figured out with Russell Wilson and get him looking more like he did a couple years ago. And if that's the case, then the Broncos can be right back in it. But that next coaching hire going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Michael Ronquillo, good evening. Nick and Carl, I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Good to see you, Michael. I see Greg Smith is in the house here saying good evening, Broncos country. Also awesome to see uh, Greg in the house as always. Wombat saying our defense has been so good this year that if the offense had scored just a meager 18 points per game, uh, we would be eight and one right now. How different would it of uh, how different would it be? 18 is not a uh, hard line to get. No doubt. Uh, obviously if you're scoring, if the Broncos were scoring more, maybe the other teams would be scoring more too. You know, it's kind of the games would be played differently. They'd flow differently if you had scored more points, but 18 is not a hard line to get, uh, unfortunately. And the Broncos are not getting it done. Uh, I regret to say, I regret to even imply that like, you know what this year, probably down the drain sucks uh, with all the injuries and whatnot, but it can't be worse next year. Right. I afraid <laughs> to even utter that because like the football gods might, you know, just give us a finger again or something. Uh, David McElrath coming in here, $10 supporting us. Thank you so much, David. We appreciate you saying good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, and Scott. I've been a Broncos fan my whole life during good and bad. Still love the Broncos. Well, we still love you, David. And uh, we appreciate you coming in and supporting us today. It means a heck of a lot uh, to do that. And you got, I mean, the Broncos had a really good run from the eighties, a little bit of down sometime in the two thousands, but then to get Manning as well. This is definitely the darkest uh, the Broncos have had since pre John Elway. And it's kind of just, I, I feel like it's payback for selling our souls uh, for that Super Bowl 50 that we essentially weakened at Bernie's with uh, Peyton Manning's football corpse there that last season. But uh, it'll eventually get better. You know what? This is all, this is all just leading up to by the time that, uh, Patrick Mahomes is done being the best quarterback in football in eight to 10 years from now. Broncos are going to be right back in it, baby. You know, just, you just got to hold out <laughs> for a little bit longer. Um, but, uh, you know, year by year, you see things thing is too. It seems like it's really bad right now. And being tied to Russell Wilson hurts a lot, but I mean, how bad were the giants last season and coming into this season, you know, like everybody said they were one of the worst teams in football, likely to have one of the top uh, teams that had the first overall pick this year. They look great. Uh, how bad were the, uh, before Joe Burrow came to the Bengals? I mean, even the first year of Joe Burrow, fifth overall pick, things can turn around fast. Uh, this season hurts a lot because the expectations are so bad, but George Payton keeps stacking draft classes. You get a little bit better on the offensive line. You beat the injury bug. I mean, you can be right back in this. Uh, there's yeah. still some building blocks here. I know it sucks right now, but that's the view right here. I think the further we get away, uh, we'll hopefully be able to lean in a little bit more optimism. Yeah. And we got uh base case coming in here saying things. It's been a bit. I want to say hello based. It's uh always enjoy you uh, coming in. So I just want to say hi. Yeah. He says thoughts on Frank Reich. Uh, Frank Reich. Right. Right. Sorry. Yep. You're right. Um, I, I like him. I, I think one thing I loved about the Colts teams until this year, a lot of times I always thought they played above the talent that you saw on the field. Like they were very disciplined teams. You saw, at least enough playmakers to go out there and do a few things. But I mean, the defense especially was very disciplined mm -hmm. on what they were doing on the field. And uh, they, they found ways to win against some very top teams. Like the Colts were one of the toughest teams for the chiefs to play th these last few years. 
I don't know what they do differently compared to everybody else, but there's just something there that they they always seem to, to cause problems for Patrick Mahomes. And, and so I, I think the Broncos could do a lot worse than him, for sure. I think he was kind of the scapegoat on a season that was going down the tank and then trading all these draft picks for all these kind of over-the-hill quarterbacks or guys that were not great quarterbacks but had some big names. And, it, you know, I, I kind of wondered what would happen if he did get with like a Russell Wilson. Could he really turn around Russell Wilson and get this offense back on track? And and I think he could also hire a pretty good staff because he is well-known around the league. My biggest concern with Frank Reich is that, and this is just purely hearsay, uh, but he wasn't the same to his high-contract star players as far as demands of them and communication with them as he was the rest of the guys. So you have Russell Wilson in here who probably needs somebody to come in and be like, nope, this is what we're doing. Uh, you know, I want your input, but also we have data and tape that should dictate what we need to do. Well, cause despite you thinking, you know, you're Tom Brady, um, uh, we have a lot of, uh, data that uh, says otherwise. So that's my biggest concern with Frank Rank. not calling yeah. him a pushover by any means, but you, I think you need somebody to come in here and be like, this is how it's going to get done. This is my team. You're my quarterback. We appreciate you. You signed here though. And, uh, I'm here to win football games, not to pad your stat line. Um, maybe that's harsh for me coming at Wilson that way, but I think you need to have somebody come in here and be like, we're running it this way. Yeah. yeah. You figure it out. I'm going to try to do what I can to make you the best version of yourself, but it's going to be what I think is the best, best version of yourself too. Uh, I don't think you want your quarterback having too much power, especially given what it's looked like this season. Uh, Garth Knight coming in $5 saying Nick and Carl, when will I be able to get my hands on some <laughs> mushrooms in Colorado. I'll plan a game trip for then. Um, I'm not in Colorado, so I can't speak to any uh, psychedelics, but uh, you turn on the Broncos on Sunday and it's, it feels like you're watching uh, maybe having a bad trip <laughs> of some sort uh, with yeah. that offense going there. The not any, yeah. God. Uh, Dolph world coming in. Always good to see Dolph saying, look, we go two and zero the Rangers Panthers and we're right back in this for the six or seven seed. Gotta believe. I think the data says the Broncos have a 4% chance of making the playoffs still, but it starts this week. If you beat the Raiders, I mean, you, you climb up. Uh, so we said entering this Titans game was probably the toughest game of the year. That was before five of their starting players on the defense were announced out. And you still only put up 10 points, but you know, forget the playoffs right now. The pressure's off. You go out there. Well, I mean, the pressure's not off because Hackett's fighting for his damn job, but um, pressure's off for the players. In my opinion, go out there, get better, uh, win the game in front of you. Don't think about anybody else. Just got to get better. Right. Uh, we got Naj coming in again, I think. Yeah, 999 Naj saying, oh, I thought I clicked it. Where's it going? Naj. Okay, well, I lost him there. I can see it where it says right here. I'm really rooting for Hackett to succeed, but there has been almost no improvement if we lose this week. Uh, who do you see re realistically coaching this team in 2023? Naj, I see your thing up top here, but I, when I click it, it doesn't take me to your comment. There it is. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> uh, 999. Who do we see realistically coaching this team? Uh, I think Steichman is a pretty popular name right now, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Eagles. I think that uh, Frank Reich is still another popular name right now, but I mean, the odds on favorite has to be, uh, the odds on favorite has to be Dan Quinn. I know a lot of people are not going to be excited about that, but I think it's pretty easy for George Payton to go be like, this is the guy I really kind of wanted to go with to begin with. We didn't have the money to compete with Dallas and Jerry Jones, who we're going to pay him head coach money to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy I trust and know. So I think right now, who do I realistically see coaching this team right now in 2023? I think it's probably Dan Quinn. I, I would agree. And 
I think he is a nice in between of Hackett and Fangio. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, what you see with these teams a lot of times is okay, we fired this guy who was, you know, it's my way or the highway and Fangio. Now that we're going to go, hey, buddy, buddy, coaches, uh, players, coach, loves everybody, rah, rah kind of guy. And I think you're right. Dan Quinn kind of fits a little bit more in the middle. Uh, I mean, he does well listening to players and and talking to them and and treating them like they're actual real men. You know, Fangio, sometimes I think he just kind of, you know, I, I don't care what you have to say. There, there's no real respect there that you would like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think he would be a pretty decent hire. And I think he might be able to keep Evero around. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, that would be really nice to see. And and I've really loved that Dan Quinn has really done well to show he could he could adjust his defense. Yeah. You know, he he really flew into that cover three there with the, the Seahawks and loved it and tried to take that to Atlanta and mixed results there of how that was going. And uh, just his time there in Dallas, be able to see him really mix up and say, you know what, I'm going to be willing to run some quarters. I'm going to be willing to, to run a lot more. Uh, man, uh, you know, just some different things that he's mixed in to make that a great defense there in, in Dallas. Uh, like I said, when I can see a coach that's willing to do that and just say, okay, I, I need to adjust to the times and how teams are trying to play on offense, th- that makes a big difference for me of how they're going to then come in there and be a head coach too. Yeah, 100%. Slade coming in, 499, saying, do you guys think we should just sit Wilson the rest of the season? I see no point in playing him with the injuries all over the offense. Might as well save him. I think you still got to figure out some things on offense and get him right and get him confident. Uh, unfortunately, you do have some, I guess, fortunately, you do have some reinforcements uh, supposedly coming to uh, the Denver offensive line right now. Cam Fleming has arguably been your best offensive lineman this season outside of Quinn Miners. I mean, we love Quinn Miners. Everybody loves the belly. Cam Fleming was playing B minus level football for yeah. the offensive line, which was the best you were getting this so far this season. <laughs> Sucks, but I mean, it just is what it is. So him coming back, I think, is a big boon. Uh, also, I think Tom Compton last year, he was one of the best run blocking tackles in football. Uh, so I think you probably still keep Russ out there. What I'd like to see is maybe let him cook less, even if it means you're doing, you know, the run, run, pass, punt offense for a bit. You're playing great special teams right now. Maybe, you know, punching them in the mouth a few times and starting to uh, establish an identity is better for the long term and also getting some hits off Russell Wilson. Maybe then you can start doing play action more later. Uh, the other thing is, especially this week against the Raiders, you're going up against one of the worst defenses in football. This is a game where if you don't score more than 17 points, I mean, fire hack it from a cannon. I don't know, like skydive or something. Yeah, <laughs> nothing violent, but like, you know, it's like it's, if you can't score against this Raiders team, I know you're banged up, but like, God bless it. They're terrible. I mean, they let a terrible Colts team march up and down the field and score on them. So granted the Broncos offensive line is more hurt, but still, so it's definitely, I think a conversation to be had uh, closer to the end of the season, uh, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, still some injuries to talk about here before we wrap it on up. Uh, Kawan Williams, arguably the Broncos probably most underrated player so far this season. Uh, in my opinion, he's been awesome at the slot. Uh, he had to have a scope uh, in his knee to remove some, uh, damage, uh, maybe some, I think it was some scar tissue, maybe perhaps in his need to clear some things up. So he's going to be out. He's not on the IR yet. Uh, that doesn't mean he's not going to miss more than the IR time. Look at Quinn Miners this year, but uh, he's injured. He's going to be out for a bit. I would assume that is saying Bassey is uh, going to be playing in the slot this week, which is not great. Luckily, Darren Waller and 
Hunter Renfro are out. I know Darren Waller is for sure. I think Hunter Renfro might be injured as yeah, well. Yeah, he is. So as long as you can protect him somewhat uh, versus uh, Devontae Adams, then maybe you'll be okay there. And uh, also Jerry Judy suffered a minor ankle injury, which is great. I mean, God, thank God for that. <laughs> uh, Broncos, see, Scott, we had did have some good ones. Broncos get good news on Jerry Judy on the injury front. Um, but uh, Jerry Judy might be out this week might be out next week, but it's not going to be a season ending thing. Uh, he's going to get a chance to get some reps out there and, you know, hopefully gain some momentum going into next season. Maybe boost his trade stock a bit. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but uh, any, any other injuries uh, front that I'm missing there, uh, Carl, we got Kwan Williams. We got the uh, Tom Compton might be back. Cam Fleming might be back. Uh, no information on Glasgow. Billy Turner to IR. Kwan Williams injured. Oh, oh I got one. Uh, so okay. Tyree Cleveland waved. Um, obviously, right. uh, Jonathan Harris called up, uh, from the practice squad. You guys would probably recall Jonathan Harris. Number 92 was arguably the Broncos worst defensive lineman. Um, unfortunately during preseason. So hopefully he is a game day and active, uh, with somebody else being active up there, but Jonathan Harris is up there and bringing it full circle here. I'm sure we got some more comments here while I'm going on a long term, uh, conversation. Um, and we got questions on Browning and Randy Gregory. I'll leave that, uh, to Carl for a second to ponder, but the Tyree Cleveland stuff. I think the Tyree Cleveland stuff for me is as much about opening a pathway for Jalen Virgil and potentially Jalen Virgil or uh, and potentially Brandon Johnson uh, going forward. Both guys, Brandon Johnson looked great in training camp, uh, made a couple big plays in preseason. Uh, I believe he can come back here pretty soon and should be able to go. And also uh, Jalen Virgil had the big play. Jalen Virgil considered a great gunner and special teams potential coming into the league. So you clear a path for these younger guys with, you know, uh, more years of cost control uh, to see if they can develop and get some more chances in this league. So, uh, yep, uh, Tyree Cleveland is gone. Todd, they uh, they waived him today and then promoted Jonathan Harris. Yeah, and I, we've had a lot of people kind of clamoring for some of these young wide receivers. Like I said, Virgil with his speed, get him a chance here with this offense. And, um, you know, with K.J. Hamler going down with injury, Again, you got a lot more that's added to the offense by having a Virgil compared to Tyree Cleveland. And so I, I don't blame the Broncos for cutting him. Wouldn't surprise me if he actually ended up coming back. Get, can he qualify for the for the uh, practice squad? Tyree? Yeah. I think so, because they waived him. Um, okay. So he's still on that rookie contract. So yeah, it's definitely I, possible. I struggle to see another team pick him up. Yep. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe somebody, somebody obviously saw something in him to make the Broncos roster. Yeah. And even with missing most of training camp and preseason with his neck injury. So um, maybe he comes back. I, I don't know. I, like you talked about, he had so much promise coming out of high school, very highly recruited player, made some really big plays there at Florida. And you just kind of hope that maybe that could catch on here with, with the Broncos. It's kind of the same with like Juwan Winfrey remember when the Broncos drafted him and everybody had all these high hopes coming from Colorado and he just couldn't quite get out of his own way, you know, kept getting injured. He'd have a few nice plays in training camp and then he'd miss the next about three or four practices and just never quite lived up to that hype that everybody had for him. And so, you know, unfortunately a lot of those kind of wide receivers, that's just how it goes. You know, Jerry Judy's another one that just hasn't lived up to the hype that everybody had for him. And you kind of think about some of those next wide receivers that were taken of CD lamb, the guy that I really wanted for the Broncos, uh, Justin Jefferson. Whew, what a career that guy's had so far. 
And, you know, I look at that last game that he just had. I don't know if anybody watched that Vikings game, but his catch there uh, when time's running out and just boom, goes up there, comes down with it, takes it out of the defender's hands pretty much. You know, what, what would that, how would that change this offense? And it just, I'm not saying that Jerry Judy's a horrible player by any means. He's just not top 15 pick yeah. at, at this point. So, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of uh, Broncos take the wrong guy at the position in the round that they take him. Looking back at the last five years, Jerry Judy, the they Broncos take Jerry Judy later on the first round. Uh, Justin Jefferson's taken. The Broncos take George Butt. The very next pick, George Kittle was taken. The Broncos take uh, Natani Moody. The very next take. Uh, pick Michael Owenahue, who's one of the top two graded guards so far this season, was taken. The Broncos take Dalton Reisner. Uh, two picks later, Elton Jenkins is taken by the Packers. I mean, it's just narrow misses, you know, ships in the night, uh, if you will, for some of those guys. So close. But uh, guys, we're at 50 minutes. We're probably going to start to wrap up here. I know Carl's got some stuff he's got to take care of. So uh, any final thoughts here, Carl? I mean, obviously a lot of injury. I see the we had some questions on Baron Browning and uh, Brandy Gregory. Wednesday is when the injury report officially comes out. We had some moves today roster wise, but we'll know a lot more uh, tomorrow with those guys who are not going to be on the IR or activated from the IR just yet uh, based on what the injury report is. So make sure you're tuning in uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we should hopefully have some information on the likes of uh, Justin Simmons, Baron Browning and Randy Gregory, who uh, hopefully should all be back and maybe even further information on Cam Fleming and Tom Compton who have a, sh- a chance to play this week. Yeah. So I, I mean, just some closing thoughts. I I really did like our original topic we had for tonight before we got all this news that was coming in. And we were looking at just some some young players that really, if they show up big, how that changes the entire offseason. And, you know, just a couple names that I I would recommend everybody just kind of pay attention to, even even if the season is lost, it's not lost yet. I I don't want to completely put that out there, say, or anybody say, hey, Carl said this. but you can start looking at some of those young guys and say, okay, this really changes how we view that whole off season. So like Damari Mathis is one of those for me, mm-hmm. you know, just that we've talked about it before of the value of cornerback. I mean, it's obviously why they took Patrick Sertan as a top 10 pick there and, and, and it's worked out great for him and Mathis, he's kind of been up and down so far his, his rookie season, but if he can really kind of close out the year, it might move down how much they need cornerback going into the off season. You know, maybe it makes Darby a little bit more expendable where they could open up some cap space because they're going, okay, we have a number two that can get out there and play. Um, you know, another guy that I know, <laughs> I'm going to say this name, PJ Locke. You know, he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. If he keeps going out there playing well at that safety position, maybe kind of move some things down on that of, you know, maybe maybe Jackson doesn't have to come back for another season on a one-year contract. I, I doubt he's going to come back anyway. Uh, but Still, you feel a lot more comfortable with that kind of move of going from the veteran to some of these younger guys because of some of that play. So, uh, like I said, it, at this point, when, when I'm looking at the team, it's it's looking at individual players and what they can really bring moving forward. And so we, we can focus on the here and now because, yeah, season's not completely lost. Got a couple winnable games ahead of the Broncos here. Maybe you get some momentum going, get some confidence built up in this team, maybe Compton and – and Fleming come in and really solidify that offensive line and start getting things working in the right direction. I, I don't know. I mean, there's still there's still moments of hope mm-hmm. moving forward. But like I said, just some of those individual players, I'm going to be paying a little more attention to moving forward. Yeah, for me, uh, it's all about the offense. Defense is playing great. 
I don't care anymore. I can't take it. Uh, offense for me. And I see a question here. What's up with Caden Stearns? Caden Stearns suffered a hip injury. He's on IR. It sounds like there's a chance he might not come back this season uh, based on the significance of the hip injury. If we do see him, it'll probably be way closer to the end of the year. So shoulder shrug, I guess on that one, but yeah. uh, the two guys I'm looking for on the offensive side of the ball, who's going to potentially be here and be guys who are ascending uh, and be part of the solution for the offense, getting better uh, in the future. Watching Quinn Miners at right guard, watching Greg Dulcich at tight end. Those are two starters next year for you. I mean, other than that, I guess Cortland Sutton as well, still a young player. Hopefully, I mean, he had what six catches for 66 yards and a couple great ones in this last mm-hmm. game. Uh, so, but really, it's Dulcich and Miners on their rookie contracts, guys who should be hopefully that much better. And again, part of the solution uh, next season for the offense, digging out of this grave that, you know, is halfway to China at this point. Yeah. I- yeah, two great names there. As um, when would you start playing like a guy like Luke Luke Wattenberg? He's got to be able to snap the damn ball. Um, it's, yeah. I, if he can't snap the ball, I guess you have an, a conversation there at one of the guard spots. But I think I'd rather see Natani Moody out there first and really lean into the run game personnel and f- make teams pay if they're playing. You know, cover two, cover four, cover six than Luke Wattenberg, who I think is a little bit better in pass coverage. But, like, I'm I'm just – spoiler alert for you guys. I'm leaning hard into the run game this offseason because I think Russell Wilson is bad against two high safeties. Uh, the data said so far this season he has been. So how do you how do you beat that? If teams are playing two high safety shells, you punch them in the bleep and groin <laughs> multiple times with the run game. And the Broncos are soft right now. They don't have an identity. I want the identity to be beast mode style Marshawn Lynch offense and Russell Wilson playing off of that. I think that's what you need to lean, need to lean into. Yep. So um, I'm completely there yep. with you. Yep. No identity. Uh, Got to get stronger there. And I think Dulcich and uh, Quinn Miners can certainly help you there. Javante Williams coming back, but ah, man, rough times for the Broncos. Uh, no doubt, but Things are going to get better. And no, William, we're not hiring Jason Garrett as the head coach. <laughs> uh, Giving me a laugh there. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all you. Um, positivity coming in. Here's, here's a name for you of positivity. Patrick Sertan, Bill Barnwell's number three listed player for defensive player of the year behind uh, Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. And it's pretty rare for a defensive back to even get mentioned for defensive player of the year, let alone um, top three. So uh, God bless Patrick Sertan. Awesome player. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Thank you, Randy Jones. Uh, make sure you're following Carl. Oh, and stars, Randy. Thank you so much, Randy. We appreciate you coming in over on Facebook. Uh, Carl Dumbler, MHH. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. Make sure you're following me at Nick Kendall, MHH. We're going to bring this smile high salute here to Patrick as well. Thank you so much for the coffee, lioncoffee.com. Check it out. Also make sure you're following us at uh, BTB football pod. And of course, at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities. We go live on Facebook every single day uh, at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And as the ticker says underneath there, please subscribe, like, and share. I know the season is rough. These are the building block years, guys. We keep It's the seventh building block year in a row, right? Uh, but we're going <laughs> to we're gonna look back at this at some point and laugh, I hope. Maybe laugh uh, hysterically because we've lost our minds, uh, but – it's going to get better. I almost guarantee it. Uh, either way, uh, Carl, it's always great to hang out with you. It's always great to hang out with you guys in here too. Shout out to Scott working the ones and the twos in the background. Make sure you guys continue to practice kindness and compassion and patience. Love y'all. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. 
Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.